You can check us out on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out our social media on Instagram at Menovation and Facebook at Menovation Podcast. Episode 38 of the one and only special on the top, coming in super hot, Menovation <laughs> I just ramble. I just make it. Like, oh, introductions so are ridiculous. No, I'm, I told top. you, you Never should be stop. like, Manovation. See? First no, that's the car sales. We are continuing our conversation with Anthony. If you had not listened to episode 37, go back and listen to it. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but he's got such a great story around navigating his life without necessarily a father figure. But... Just at the end of the episode, he started to dive into the influences he did have, how they made a difference in his life, and how they influenced him to keep him you know, out of trouble on the right path in pushing him in a direction where he needed to be to further his life and everything else. So this morning, that's what we're going to get into on episode 38. All right. So the end of the last episode... <laughs> We were starting to dive into kind of your mom and the influence that she had and that she carried and just the wisdom that she had when, you know, trying to help you navigate, you know, maybe the situation uh, when you were younger. So dive into that a little more. Uh, Abe, I know you were kind of talking about this as well, but just that, that, that wisdom that she had, did she ever say that to you? Like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to keep you out of this, so we're going to do this. Mm. Or was it, did she just kind of steer the ship without necessarily you maybe realizing it when you were little? No, she steered the ship. She 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 drove that like a cruise. Like, <laughs> That's like, great. I, wow. I had yeah. no idea. It was never <laughs> like we had a sit-down talk. Well, they're so-and-so's parents are going through this. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like... This is their home life, so this is why I do. Like it was never that. It was just her actions, and to where like, like I said, I, like I, I said, like when I was starting to bring friends over or go over to friends' houses, they always wanted to come to my house because they knew that it was going on at, at my house. Like again, they had all the food, had all the drinks, they had all of the like video games, all the, all the stuff. But it was also how my mom and my grandma treated them. They always made sure, they're like, hey, do you need anything? Do you want another glass for this? Do you want some more food here? Wow. How's everything going? Everything going good? To the point where I'm like, mom, stop, we're good. Like, leave us alone. <laughs> like, we're playing Smash Brothers right now. Yeah, yeah. But, and they're, she treated them so well. To the point where I was almost like, Treating them better than me. Like, <laughs> what is this? And I'm like, to almost, I'm like, you don't treat me like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? But I, as I got older, I realized, oh, she's doing that because, she, again, she wants to make a good impression. She wants to make sure that they had the best experience. Yeah. They're coming over here. We're going to have a good time. We're going to go to the movies, yeah. you know, or we're, we're going to go do laser tag this week. So it was like, maybe they can't go over. Uh, the following week, but like this because this week we're gonna go and we're gonna do laser tag, and then maybe in a couple of weeks they can come back. Yeah, and so yeah. like just so she yeah. intentionally uh, scheduled those times for you so, and, and yeah. the, your friends so yeah. you can keep 
having fun and not being uh, looking for other kind of yeah. distractions, mm-hmm. right? Because again, our neighborhood wasn't the safest. Yeah, and you know, like you could play on the street till like a certain time. Yeah, it just was it for one. It also helped get them out of the house sometimes. Oh, so for sometimes sure. you're like when you have four kids in, <laughs> like, I know, for, yeah. like in the house at one time constantly. It's like okay, this is great. But we don't need to get them out just a little bit maybe to mm-hmm. help clean up or just get things situated again. And so she made sure, like, because we couldn't have people over all the time. Sure. And so, and she made that edit, such a thing because I'm like, this is fine. They don't care, blah, blah, blah. But she wanted to make sure that they had a great time every time they came over. Well, so, she wanted to influence them yeah. versus letting everybody else influence you. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I and think that's just. What was genius. the circumstance that brought your mom, grandma, and uncle? To live under the same roof, like I mean, I think they're just all we're really close, and again, I'm still fuzzy on it too. Mm-hmm. There's questions I still have. There's things that I still need to ask them about. Yeah. But, um, my grandfather, which I never knew, mm-hmm. um, he was in the military, and so they, when my mom and my uncle were very young, they actually, like, my mom was born in San Diego, my uncle was born in San Francisco. They, at a certain age when they were young, like four to five, I think, they moved to, like, Japan. They lived what? in Okinawa, like, on wow. base. Okay. And so, for a couple of years in, like, elementary, that's where they were. Yeah. And then they went, I think they spent maybe a year or two in Germany on, on base before coming back to the States. Gotcha. And so, when they came back to the States, they lived in a house um, not too far from where I went to school, like, um, high school, like, as uh, SCPA. But then they eventually made it to the house that I grew up in practically my entire life. And so I think it was just was easier. Everyone was just kind of together. And did he pass away, your grandpa? Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I never, I never gotcha. knew okay. him. Mm. That, and so. this was, would be your grandma's husband? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, um... But yeah, so I would hear like, "Oh wow!" I'm like, "You guys are so cool!" Like, you lived in Japan, you lived in like yeah, yeah, Germany. Yeah. <laughs> like, but closest I've been to getting out of the country <laughs> is Mexico. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's so freaking cool. <laughs> and but so yeah, they've always kind of just been together. That's always yeah. what I know. Like I've known. And what's funny about that is that what you grow up with is always just is just normal. That's just how sure, it feels. Sure. So that nucleus of a family of my mom, my grandma, my uncle, that was normal to me. Like, that was just something that, like, it didn't feel, at the time, growing up, it didn't feel like I was incomplete. It didn't feel like I was missing anything because I had all I needed. Yeah. I had love. I also had a bunch of stuff. Sure. <laughs> and and it was it was great. Now, when watching TV and you see the, Start to see, the yeah. typical yeah. nuclear families of a mom, a dad, brothers, sisters, that's where I think that influence for me kind of was like, well, that's something I don't have, but I'm fine, I think. And yeah. I don't have brothers and sisters, but I'm fine, I think, because those families weren't fully being represented now. Huh. The imperfect family is now a norm. Yeah, yeah. To, mm-hmm. And so back then it was I always kind of saw the stereotypical stuff. So that's where I kind of would notice a little bit. Oh, I'm missing something here. I'm missing something. They never made me feel that way though. That was yeah. the thing. It was like it was outside stuff kind of being like, wait, why don't I have that? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. 
am I missing this? You know, and so to where that's where those questions about why isn't this person in my life? Why don't I have siblings? <laughs> like all those things where could have an influence, but they they never made me feel that way uh, ever, which which was which was great. Well, it sounds like it's a great testimony to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because even even your friends that maybe did have a complete family, yeah. you know, were obviously lacking in some areas and whatever. I think that's really cool that uh, that they they poured into you enough. They spent enough time with you. They did all these things where you didn't feel like you were lacking. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I think that's such a, a big perception. Like when you're little, you don't know any different. Right. Like, oh, you know, I got a, my mom, my uncle, you, you know, you, you don't notice those things. So how have you met your father? No. Okay, so yeah. he's never been. Did your mom ever tell you why? Like, maybe didn't have more siblings. Like, well, she always they were said married, or <laughs> she always said, like, uh, "I was enough." <laughs> like, you know, like just like she was one and done. I mean, if we're gonna go there. She had a C-section, so sure. she she was like, "Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good." And so, I mean, I mean, that's fine. And again, like growing up in a daycare too, I had a bunch of kids I hang out with that were like brothers and sisters. Crazy. Yeah. That I was a half the time. Yeah. I'm like yeah. in the middle of there's people older, there were some uh little and then when I left I was the oldest. But so yeah. it was always like I had brothers and sisters because we fought like brothers and sisters. We played like brothers and sisters. We got in trouble like brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and awesome. it, so I I in that way, I was glad because I, I didn't have that lack. It was the best of both worlds because, again, I would leave and it would be by myself. I had all my toys with me. I didn't have to, like, yeah. mm-hmm. share them with anyone else. Like, so there, there was moments where it was great. Then there was moments where I I felt a little empty in that way. Where, like, as far as the dad, I always felt like that was a little bit more of a sore subject. And so that was something I never really brought up. Um, growing up and so that was something I never had full clarity on and as I even got to high school it wasn't until like other extended family that I didn't know right now and like I heard like something from a family member saying like does he know his dad and then so I was like okay so obviously there's something here I don't know and so again eventually when I go into the realms of being a father that's something that's a chapter I would want to close yeah in getting as much as they know or what they really want to like dissolve with me so have you tracked him down have you tried to is that like I, <laughs> I've, just, I've, I'm I've tried curious, to be yeah. Mr. Catfish and try to like yeah. do my own investigation in high school that's when I started it and obviously with a high school like you're a kid with no money so sometimes <laughs> Trying to try, you know, like all these different things, it doesn't lead anywhere. And even I remember uh, the first time I saw like my birth certificate. The thing I just mentioned, I'm a birth certificate. Was like, oh, like my mom was going through like a a drawer, and she just mentioned like, oh, here's your birth certificate. I'm like, oh, can I see? And she was like, why? You know, when you were born, I was like, I just want to see it. And I don't know why it felt like such a big deal. And she let me see it. Um, I made sure I was like, I tried to go as quick as possible just to see the name. And I was like, yeah, cool. You can have it back. Yeah. So that way I, I had it burned in my memory. So it wasn't felt like I was staring at it for such a long time. Because yeah, yeah. I can tell that that was probably just a, a sore subject. Because I, maybe to her, it feels like, why are you searching for someone 
that's not here. I'm here. Mm, I've done everything yeah. I can yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you had a great environment, which I do. And like, and that's the thing. I, it says, it, it's the hard thing. It's, it's not really about your mom, obviously, right? Yeah, and that's it's, it's right. about it's, you trying to connect. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's something that as I grew up, and there was a show that actually kind of paged this kind of beautifully that MTV, I feel like, kind of got rid of. It was called Generation Cryo, where this girl, she, like, she has parents that are that are lesbian, but her father was, like, a sperm donor. Yeah. And she found out that she had, like, 15, 16 other siblings. Wow. And so she was trying to track it down, and she had a conversation with her mom, and her mom kind of, her mom that actually birthed her, like, kind of freaked out. Mm. Why are you looking for this? We were here. We did this. Mm-hmm. We did that. Yeah. And what she said is what encapsulated it perfectly. It's not about that. You were great. You were amazing. There's a part of me that feels incomplete. Yeah. And there's like some, and I, I always equivalent it to like, we all have a book like of, that just has our life, you know, everything. There's chapters in our lives. I feel like there's a chapter that feels a little incomplete. Now, I don't feel incomplete anymore yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like going to church and actually having discipleship actually having people in my life that have influenced me and and helped me walk certain things out i don't feel incomplete anymore i did for a little bit but there's a chapter that i would like to close and it it wouldn't be like a i want to find him so that way i can tell him off oh i'm better without you I can't believe I did this without you. Why didn't you teach me this? Why didn't you teach me how to drive, throw a football, all this stuff? Like, you know, like, no, it's, I would like to see you. Maybe no more context. That's great. Awesome. Cool. We can close it. If we have a relationship beyond that point, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. If I want one, I would want it to close the book and I can move on and it could be. And right. maybe you guys have another question, but I'm really curious this. How did you not grow up bitter? Because I mm, feel that's like that's one. so often not the story, right? right? For people that don't know their dads, right? There's That's kind of stereotypically what you see. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I hate him, or this, that, and the other. What do you think maybe, or if you know, I mean, maybe you don't, uh, what do you think changed that or shifted that for you? Wasn't um, the case. I like to think of myself as a very calm person and there, it takes a lot to get me upset. Sure. But obviously, things that hurt or things that can be wounds, that's that's something that is going to bruise so many people. And so there are moments where I felt hurt. There are moments where I'm like, why isn't he here? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, why isn't he in my life? Why couldn't I learn all this stereotypical man stuff from him? You, you know, like, why couldn't I learn how to throw a football? Why couldn't he teach me how to ride a bike? Why couldn't yeah. he teach me how to drive? Why couldn't he... Teach me how to change a tire, do whatever, you know? And so that, there's parts of that where I felt angry in that sense where I'm like, I've, I'm missing out on something. But at the same time, I grew up and I'm like, I like how I turned out because I'm so mm-hmm. creative. I wonder, you know, had I had him, of course, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want him in my life. But I'm like, had he been there, I'd probably be a different person, but I like who I am. Yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. And it wasn't until, again, going to church and when they... D- when they talked about those issues, when they talked about not having a father, especially at a merge, like yeah. that's something like, mm. like I said, I started going to the church when I was 15 years old. My first emerge was when I was 15 years old. Did the rite of passage that year. Um, 
at the time was pretty basic. It's not what it is like now. Yeah. yeah. But the following year, I was 16 and they made it start with a parrot of, it was a beat down for all these youth. And, but what was great was that they had their fathers cheering them on. Yeah. They had their dads encouraging them. So when they felt like they couldn't get back up, there was someone in there saying, get up, you can, you can do it. And mm-hmm. they kind of, for a sense, shaped that, that and gone that way and ran with it. And so for me, so like going to events like Emerge or whenever they talked about it, there may be something that would come up, you know, because I could relate to a lot of people that have a similar story, like a, like a Jeff Forbes or whatever, that had that story of they weren't here. And that does hurt. But I was in such a great place, I think, going to church where they had such an opportunity to forgive. And and I was always a big person about knowing the other side of the story. So not being Wise. super quick to judge yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because there's always a side to every story. Absolutely. There's always, you know, whether I like it or not, knowing that there there's something different. And so that wasn't easy. There was multiple times where I had to feel like I had to forgive him because where it affected me, I think the most was because he wasn't in my life. He wasn't physically in my life. It almost affected what was going up with me and God mm-hmm. to the point where it was hard sometimes just to say, to hear, oh, God's a good, good father. God's a really good father to his children. You had no and context. It, and, and it was one of those things where I would hear that and I think that sounds amazing and it's great. But because there wasn't a real life person that was the person that's for me, that should be that for me. He's not there. He's not representing that. So I have a hard time really believing that. I believe there's a Lord. I believe there's a Savior, sure. King, all that stuff, God. But the Father was something that I that always wow, tugged me, mm. that always kind of just, uh, uh, yeah. mm. And so that, I had a hard time just accepting that. And wow. I had to deal with myself. I'm like, that's because me not having the physical representation of that the like that the earthly representation i did not have that it affected so many things and so the minute i like whenever it was like you have to forgive have to forgive you know you can forgive you don't have to forget but forgive and be done with it that was something that i constantly had to do for a while until the point where i'm like i actually felt like no it's good it's good. And even now, even going up and having a relationship with the Heavenly Father, being able to say that, you're a father. Or like, when I think of when, even at Emerge, this past one, where they literally, I think it was Rex Crane, I think, it was like, what's the first thing you're saying to God? Like, when you think of God, what's yeah. the first thing? Mm-hmm. For me, when I stood up, I said, Father. And that was huge. That was like wow. so huge. Mm-hmm. To get to that point, to where I can recognize, like, no, my Heavenly Father loves me. I, son, I'm chosen. I'm not just some random, oh, God. just sprout on the earth, just doing whatever and doing something insignificant. No. And he sees me and he loves me. Like, that, to get to that point was huge. And so that, so that was kind of where I was like, I just need to forgive and get to the point where now, like, my life, 
they've had the opportunity to meet. I, I don't think it's some big blowout. I don't think it's going to be some big tell-off. Well, you didn't do this. You weren't around. Why weren't you here? Blah, 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 blah. I don't need you anyway. Yeah. It'd just be like, it's nice to meet you. I'm going to meet you. I'd love to talk. All this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and if something beyond that comes from that, great. If not, that's cool too. And again, book in, chapter close, yeah. move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Sure. That thing is complete. Dang. And so that, that, that's, but it, it did take a while to get there, but. That's going on the internet. I just want you to know that right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. ah, ah. There, there are like. So much. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I'm just trying to, to, to bring that, the secret recipe that to bring yeah. this, this man here and listen, listen from him. Man, uh, Anthony, you're amazing. And then, I think your testimony needs to be here by several people. There is a lot of people out there. There's, they they miss that fatherhood, you know. They they they're like you. So, uh, and then again, you know, the 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 work that your mom and your grandma did for you and your uncle, you know, and the results is it's it's what is what yeah. is that secret yeah. recipe, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that God have have you had you since you were little, but but but. That that combination is what what families are needing yeah. because there's several families that they don't have either the mom or or or, or yeah. the dad. So um, honestly, your your personality is impressive, and what what we're hearing from you is is amazing. What's in, what's insane about it is like my mom, my grandma, my uncle again, amazing, and again they never made me feel less than yeah for what I was feeling internally that they may have not even known I was feeling. But the, the the men that did have an impact on my life that were like father figures to me, like a Pastor Kenny Robbins, a Pastor Jeff Forbes, uh, Alex Martins, wherever he is, um, that all these men from the church were great at like taking me in and really getting to know me, really seeing me win in areas that yeah. I didn't think I could win. And what was great about that was that they grew up without their dad. All three of those men that I just mentioned, they yeah. grew up without their dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but there was such a spirit on them of, of helping shape and form the person I am. And what, what's great about that is that I look at all of them, they have their own kids and yeah. they're like amazing dads, you know? And so that's something that I can look forward to in knowing that there's a bunch of things I didn't have growing up in my life that my kids probably won't have to like worry about. Wow. And so like that, that's something that's going to be interesting. Almost. I've heard it from some of them. They were like, I'm almost kind of jealous of my kid because they have, yeah, like, they know their authority. They know their place in, mm-hmm. in, in the household. Yeah. And like, they have just a great foundation built, you know? And, but it's great because they got to create that for them because they didn't have someone model that to them. They're yeah. able to do that. And, because they got out of it. They didn't stay victims of being like, well, like they go so far out the way to where they try to prove it and then they end up messing up in the major way sure. and not being there and letting the cycle continue. They're like, no, we're going to deal with it so that way I don't pass this on to them because I don't want them to deal with this. And so that that's something when, when that time happens, I'm looking forward to because that's something I hope my lineage doesn't have to deal with anymore. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I, I have lots of questions. Should I just yeah. keep going? Keep, keep going. Okay. Yeah. 
you, so I want to know two things. I want to know what you think the most impactful thing that, you know, maybe either your mom, grandma, or uncle did that shaped you. And then you also said the the buzzword for us is victim that I want to dive into that in a second. But first I want to know, like, where do you, what do you think was the most impactful thing? Like if you were to speak to maybe other kids or maybe even single moms, like are starting to hear Mm. a story, like what would you tell them? Like, Hey, this really shaped me. And maybe you kind of already touched on it because you said, you know, that never made you feel lesser than, uh, yeah. What do you think that piece was that secret sauce that really helped, uh, shape all of that for you? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they never made me feel like I was incomplete for the longest time. I didn't know that I was even going to feel incomplete because again, what I had was so normal and it was good. And I knew that compared to other families that probably had a more complete family, we had a better dynamic in some instances. And so again, yeah, they never made me feel less than, but they always, I think whatever I was passionate about, they really made that a priority. And so again, everyone in my household worked, my mom, my grandma, my uncle. And so again, I spent a lot of time either by myself sometimes or at the daycare or doing after school activities, so on and so forth. But Whatever I was passionate about, whether that be art, whether that be musical theater, theater, dance, whether it be Taekwondo, and they knew I was serious about it, they were all for it. And they were so supportive. And even times they even helped out. Like when in elementary school, when I was doing the school productions, like the the theater productions, they did costume. My mom, my grandma, they like they did the costume. They helped shop for the school and do all the costuming and all the quick changes and stuff like that. So they were like super involved. It never felt like they were like imposing on me, mm-hmm. you know what? but they, they always were, were there and they were always there for those big moments. And so they, they were intentional. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, they, and they made sure like, and like I said, when we had friends over, even to this day, the last time I had friends over, it was so last minute. <laughs> We want to go over to your house. We've never gone over to your house. I'm like, so last minute, I don't think it'll be good. But like, yeah, bring them over. They came over. And my mom, my grandma, you need anything? You want, like, <laughs> she's like, yeah. do you want something refilled? I can make that for you. And I'm like, to the point, I'm like, mom, grandma, we're good. We're fine. <laughs> like, almost every five, ten we're minutes. Of, we're trying to play Smash Bros. <laughs> we're like, we're watching a movie. We're good. And they're like, yeah. y'all, y'all still doing it? And you're like, yes, we're good. But again, they they just wanted to make sure that they felt taken care of when they were there. And again, they wanted to make sure that they felt welcomed when, when they were there. And so that, that was always, again, that was something that was always intentional. And they never outwardly said it, but they just did it with their actions. And again, there wasn't something I realized until later. Like, oh, they were doing that because maybe they know they were observant to know that maybe they didn't have the best output going up and all that stuff and so they yeah they were they were always there they were super supportive they never made me feel so awesome. incomplete and they never bad mouthed anyone yeah and like in family that i didn't know or whatever so when it came to that if i ever brought it up in the rare times i never heard anything now maybe that's a conversation that we need to have sure, later on sure, but sure. That, mm-hmm. like they they made a, a good job of not bad mouthing that situation but yeah, and just making sure that people felt welcome and loved when they came over. And so good. 
I just that aspect I think is awesome. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Yeah. there was a very different sense that I had, but I love that the serving mentality, right? Like we're going to be intentional, you know, with the time that we do have those types of things, instead of being so concerned with their own stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. They were concerned when they had, like I said, when you had, when they had time to be concerned with you. That's, just, that's such a, an amazing, I think crucial piece that we all forget. I mean, I think about that all the time, even with my kids, like instead of just being, a lazy bum, mm-hmm. right? Getting on the ground and playing or whatever right now because they're still little, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Have you noticed that? Have you guys noticed that with your kids? Like that intentional aspect yeah. piece? Yeah. Yeah. This is such a power, powerful, it's a testimony. You're, yeah. Uh, the way you've been raised and again, this this episode needs to be here by yeah. this one and the one before. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so I want to know now, so we kind of talked about family life a little bit. I want to dive into a little bit of the cultural piece. Let's do it. <laughs> right? And I know this is sometimes because it's weird for people. It's not weird. Like, okay. we're just, we're talking about life. We're talking about what it is to be a person and just different things we grew up in. Um, I just want to get that out there so everybody's like, <gasps> stop. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so, obviously, you are a, a black man in America. What? <laughs> And it's so it's so fascinating to me because why is that important? Well, here's why it's important because (laughs) as like you you know in the country you have such a megaphone that this group of people thinks this way. This group of people thinks this way, right? You have this constant. I feel like pitting against each other, Mm -hmm. right? Whether you're it doesn't matter, right? Whatever whatever color you are. And what I want to know is like you. Uh, obviously, we know you personally. We know how some of your beliefs and your things line up. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. I wouldn't yeah. say that you're necessarily like a conservative or anything like that. Yeah. But you, in general, how did you navigate? You know, because I mean, you, this happened when you were like 20 ish, like obviously the, all the BLM stuff and just yeah. all the things that have happened over the last 10 years. How did you navigate that in your family? How did you, because like you said, you said something that uh, that the men and your family helped you not be a victim. And because that's what I hear, like, and that's what I've heard from people that I grew up with in a poor white town in um, in Utah, all these different things. There was always that victim piece. And that's the thing that I think that was unifying in a, whatever culture you grew up in. If there was a victim mentality that was fed to you, generally you stayed, you know, kind of in a certain area. But if you weren't, if you were encouraged, if you were people had people with intention, there was something that shifted in people's lives. So I don't know if that made sense. But yeah, no. Um, so growing up, like, knew I was black because when I watched TV, I'm like, like I knew because when I watched TV, there wasn't unless you were on BET or yeah, there was sure. like maybe one show outside. They didn't look like me. Their mm-hmm. hair didn't look like me. They didn't dress like me. They didn't talk like me. And so I knew that that was a difference. And I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. And luckily, there was a lot of sprinkle stuff. So there was white Wait, people. San Diego's pretty diverse. Yeah. 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 Which is, I love. And I think that's what's so cool. Like, there's a lot of Filipinos. There's a lot of Hispanics. And, like, it's a whole just melting mixing pot just around. So it never really felt like I had to deal with racism 
sure. growing up because it just felt so evenly mixed most of the time. And especially when I went to uh, performing arts school because it you had a lot of diversity in that. It never felt like one really overpowered cool. another. And it wasn't felt like there was like this one dot like the like i never felt like i was a cocoa puff in a land full of kicks like it like (laughs) it it was literally just like everyone was here and they saw who you were and i think that was always and it was so intentional when teaching in school whenever they talked about martin luther king whenever they talked about like civil rights or anything like that like i love history so i always at a young age whatever books start with there um I would see stuff and just be like, people had to go through that. People were segregated. There was yeah. a time where you couldn't drink out of the same water fountain. You had to ride at the back of the bus, which actually, to be fair, it's the coolest part of the bus. <laughs> and like, and I, I get the whole concept. Like, of what's it. up, bro? I was like, come on. Well, like, like, right. like I, I get yeah, like yeah. obviously being able to sit where you want to sit and feel like, hey, I can sit in the front if I want to. Yeah. In today's world. Whether it's a school bus, a city bus, yeah. the back of the bus is the coolest part of the bus. It's the one with the most space. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where all the fun people are anyway. But off off topic. But um, I was always so interested in that. And then going growing up, realizing when I would do math, okay, this was like 1955, or this was 1963, or this one's 1968. Okay, I'm in 2003. 50, that's not too long ago yeah. like yeah, almost 40-50 yeah. years that's not too right. long of stuff and then still things still going on I always felt that I would always kind of look at a lot of positives where like okay like people can vote you know they can get it, your job or you can see them succeed in certain areas or the fact that I can hang out with someone of the opposite color and not have someone yell at me mm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. like throw some prejudice my way that's huge now, I'm not saying that there's there's still areas of San Diego, you know, I don't I choose not to go to because I know that they're not that friendly. They're not as progressive in that way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, that's true in any state. In, in any, any state. Like, like there's it, there's yeah. the stuff that's there's still relics <laughs> a little right. bit. It's wild. But like it, you know, but for the most part, I never fully felt that way. To where I always felt like I was seen for me and not just like, now we make jokes about stereotypes and everything like that, but I always felt like I was a person. And me having my art, me having my creative side, I think that also fueled my passion for that. Uh, I'm like, I don't care. I don't think I had that mindset. I just was like, I love doing this. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it the best I can. And I had people see that and not be like, well, you're really good, but we're going to go with this person because this will be, you know, great. Like, I've never had that. Oh, you're the best fit for this. Yeah. So yeah. let's go. That's awesome. So, so That's that, that was something that I, growing up, I always kept in mind where I'm like, I'm so glad I'm born in the time I'm born in now because sure. like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I would be able to handle trying to protest or having hoses on me yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. just going through some of the stuff that other people had to go through for us to get to this point so i always know that mm. progress has been made because it hadn't we wouldn't have as many opportunities as we as sure. we do now sure. but i do see in certain instances now when the first blm stuff started to happen i was 
15 because that was Trayvon Martin. Oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I was, yeah, so it was like 2012. And so that was Dang. something. Wow, it's been that long, huh? That yeah. was the first. Oh, 10 years. Right? Wow. Yeah. Uh, like, that was the first time ever really being like, oh, we're still dealing with stuff. Like, that's kind of crazy. And, uh, and, and then it felt like it kind of just kept happening. Like, there was like a whole wave leading up to like 2016 where almost everything in the news this person was shot and killed by a police. This one here and here. And, and it just, and it was so easy, I think, at that time even now to a certain extent to have that F the police mentality type of thing. Yeah. Like go back to like NWA, LA riots, all that stuff where it's like, these were actual issues that people were talking about and we're still talking about to this day. And it's kind of crazy how, (laughs) although there's been some progress, I like to think we're still not far behind 20 years. We're still dealing with the same things. How have we not fixed this? How have we not solved right. it? Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to have that mentality, but I know that there are only a few bad apples in the bunch. I always try to have that mentality of not all cops I see are pigs. They're not. Sure. Like, mm. And again, but also because of how what I saw online, what I saw on the news, the neighborhood I grew up in everything like that, I had to deal, I feel like I had to deal with, if I ever had encounters with police, I feel like I had to deal with it in a very certain way. And because if I rocked the boat in any way, I could be a person on the news. Mm -hmm. I could be like, and so there's some, there's things I noticed that were different that I just knew, this is what I want to do in order just to survive an encounter in case that other people probably don't think of. So I like, there, there was a situation actually not too long ago, 2019, 2020, whatever. But I was dating Dakota and I was driving her car. It was like a Toyota Camry and I got my license, whatever, everything like that. And I was good because I never got, like, I was never pulled over or whatever. But her taillight went out and she was just like, oh, He's like, yeah, but it's not a big deal. Whatever, yeah. it's fine. Okay. And I remember going home late at night and just literally, like, I was maybe, like, two minutes away from my house. Literally turned right onto the street of my house, right there, getting pulled over. And I'm like, what is going on? And and just, like, you just had the whole ordeal made sure I was super polite, made sure I made sure like that they felt comfortable with me. But I, and it's something I did intentionally. I made sure I expressed my actions because this was around 2020 when things were starting to go off, starting Mm -hmm. to go off, but I don't think they fully had happened yet. I made sure that, Hey, if you're asking for license and registration, I'm reaching into my bag space jam bag i'm pulling out <laughs> my black wallet with a red stripe i, I would say that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. i don't want and it's late at night i'm reaching into a bag sure. something black's coming out i don't want them thinking yeah that they have to do something for serious sure. for sure right. and because it could easily go like that and i would hate for my family to f- find out something tragic happened literally less than a block from where we live yeah knowing yeah. that i was trying to get home 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was basically home, almost home, and yeah, something yeah. happened. I wanted to make sure I was as intentional as possible. And the cop was nice. He was awesome. He was great. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, laid you off with a warning. Just go just get that done really fix. quick. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Awesome, great. I told him, like, hey, so this happened. We got to get this taken care of. So we go. We get something taken care of. It was it was, it was, was the taillight, but it was also the, the license plate light. And... <laughs> We need both. He's just like, oh, no, it's fine. I'm like, we need both. He's like, don't worry, it's fine. We go out and we hang out with some friends. And most of the time during an occasion, I would leave the house 7, 7.30 when it was still light out. Yeah, yeah. I did that intentionally for a very long time. She noticed it, but she never really said anything. Uh-huh. But I just was like, I want to make sure I'm careful. We hang out with friends. We stay late. It's like 11 o'clock, almost 12. When I get back to her house, I'm driving her car back to my house. I did not want to be in this situation. Hopefully, I don't deal with this. I'm almost home. I see a cop car. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, okay. But luckily, they turn first. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm following behind. So I'm behind the, the cop car. By the time we reach the light <laughs> to stop, they get into the other lane. So it forces me to go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right there. So we're like like neck and neck right there. When the light turns green, they're not going. <laughs> they're, they're, they're still at stop at the green light. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. they're waiting for me to go because I can't just stop at this red light because then yeah, they're going to sure. really be suspicious. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Blah, 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 blah. After about like a couple of seconds, I see the lights. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Are we kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Like almost exactly around the same spot. <laughs> Was it the same cop? It, it wasn't the oh, same okay. cop, luckily, thank God. <laughs> but pull over. And this time I'm like, I'm calling her. <laughs> I'm calling the girl. I'm like, have her on speaker. I'm like, I know you're in bed, but I want to let you know I got pulled over again. again. Guess yeah. what? For this license plate. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. believe me, we need to have that fixed. And again, I did the whole thing where I explained all my actions. Treat um, super nicely. I wasn't like in their face, like, why are you doing this to me? It's because I'm black. Blah, 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 blah. I know my rights. Blah, blah, blah. I, I'm, there's no reason for that. Like, my thing. And again, they were super nice. So, like, awesome, great, cool. Just get that fixed. They let me off again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it, and it, it was crazy because my wife, she was like, I've been pulled over plenty of times. It does not matter. Yeah. And everything like that. Yeah. But that was the first time I think it hit her. Like, luckily, everything was great. But this happened twice, and it has the potential for it to go bad. You know, it's a big deal. The way you view it, what you're you're doing, it is a big deal because there's certain things I worry about that she doesn't even have to think about. Or there's things that I feel like I kind of just just grew up doing that I feel like other people don't. When I'm in a grocery store. Or like at Target, whatever. And we get groceries and we pay for them. I always grab the receipt. <laughs> like, or I make sure, like, hey, did you grab the receipt? She'd care less if, yeah, if yeah, the yeah. receipt is grabbed mm-hmm. or whatever. I always make sure I grab the receipt because I don't want somebody stopping me. Sure. Hey, can I check your receipt? Did, or all the stuff in your bag, are they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they good? I don't want to deal with that. But she doesn't think about that. She she goes about life, whatever, or opening stuff in the store. 
and you haven't bought it yet. <laughs> That's something I'm like, who taught you these things? Like, <laughs> she'll get like a soda from right at, before the register. She'll open it. She'll probably take a little sip. And then she's going to pay for it. She's going to yeah. do it. I'm like, I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, yeah. So I ain't going to touch it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's just certain things I, I think, and it's, but especially with, with all the stuff that happened in 2020, I think with people being at home, because it, it hit at certain parts throughout the it years. It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one was different. And I noticed this one was different. Because for us and a lot of Black people, we're like, again? Again? We're still dealing with this? Again? We're like, oh my gosh. And it, it felt like for a lot of people that weren't Black or it just felt like it opened a lot of people's eyes. Like, what is this? Like, what? Mm -hmm. This happened? This is crazy. And, and for us, we're like, yeah, it's been happening, but yeah, it's just as bad, you know? And But I feel like with people being at home, dealing with a bunch of stuff and forced, you, you it's easy for stuff like this to go on and then kind of forget about it. Sure. And, black, and sometimes black people are the biggest culprits of it, where something like this will happen. And with everything, like you can look on Twitter and find a funny video and that go viral or a new dance craze. There was like, I think a thing that where like, Every time a shooting happened, there was probably like a new dance grave. <laughs> yeah. happened, like almost simultaneously or just around the same area, almost as like a distraction, you know, and how social media, we're able to filter out what we want to see, what we don't want to see. And right. that makes things even harder yeah. when, when things are issues. And it, but I think 2020, I think was the first time everyone with everyone being trapped at their home <laughs> and all they're doing is probably watching the news, trying to figure out what is going on with their life. When something like this happens, it woke like everyone up. <laughs> Definitely woke everyone up, but mm. <laughs> it like um, it it just was kind of insane. But it was great because we had a lot more conversations. Sure. But like, again, it also felt because I was remember talking to another person um, of color at our church back in San Diego. This was all happening in twenty twenty, and I remember being like. This one feels different, though. Feels like people actually are, like, making this a bigger thing, and they're, they're going to try to make sure that this is, like, huge. Uh, but also, in a way, of why is this so much bigger than normal? This has happened before. Happened in major ways twice in the past four years. And it happened almost, like, every election time. 2012, mm -hmm. 2016. Wow. 2020. Yeah. yeah. What's that I mean? People are killed all the time, but yeah. why was this one? It, sure. it, like these big ones. Yeah. You're talking about Floyd? Like Floyd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You talk about like Mike Brown or whatever, like whatever, like Trayvon, like they were all almost towards the election times, almost in a way. And it wasn't like that, that was, it was for those reasons, but I always felt like they were much bigger issues like mm -hmm. during them. But 2020 was like, I think the most it had ever gotten. Yeah. This is different to where how people are handling it. People are actually like really like trying to figure out what they can do, which I think was great. But also I think with with the protests and the riots, I felt like this is different to the point where I'm like, this is like, we, like it's almost weird where like there was so much more stuff being to play where I'm like, I didn't bother going to any of the protests or anything like that. Not because I, I'm not with the movement, I'm not for change and for bettering that. Sure. It just was like, nah, I had conversations with a lot of people. I just would just talk to people just about my experience, everything like that. But 
I just felt like there was a lot of things going on that was messing up what people were trying to do. And so that whole Black Lives Matter movement, I know there's a lot of issues with that. There's the whole Antifa thing that was kind of where like, there was like people trying to stage riots, I think, in some areas. Like, and I get there's people that are generally mad, especially in the areas that it's affecting, like when those tragedies happened in those areas. I went to um, Minnesota. I went to George Floyd. That area is crazy. Like there's this huge, that shop is there. It's like a memorial right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole section of street is dedicated to all those people. And And it's, it's heavy. You can feel it. And so you, you can get why a whole bunch of people, they'd want to shut that area of town. Like, there's not really any business in the, in that area. Like, you can get it. But for the people that are just trying to, like, yeah, we're going to go and have a bunch of pile of bricks just yeah, out yeah. here. All like, what? Sure, like, seriously? Sure. Or yeah, yeah. we're going to go looting tonight. We're going to go, we're going to go and break into a Walmart and get some TVs. I, I get it. And, 1992 that was fun but like <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing yeah how is this how is you're, this just, you're just damaging your own community like yeah, it, it, like at that yeah. point it's just like that's that's stupid that there was a misconception between protest and riots yeah mm. where there's people there was a lot of peaceful protests sure i feel like no one talked about i think when everyone talked about it, it was always riots and i'm like yes they were happening they were big you had to be careful about that. But it was just like, there was a lot of people that were generally like, we're protesting, we're walking peacefully, we're doing that. Yeah. And I feel like that was always kind of looked over. But it just was one of those things where I never, again, I never felt like because I'm like, I couldn't do things. I like, I knew I had disadvantages. I fall into the statistics of, okay, yeah, I don't have a father in the household. I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. I was in the inner there's a bunch of things. So statistically speaking, I should have ended up in a gang. I should have either been in and out of jail all my life, or I should probably be dead by this point. You know, yeah, like yeah. those are, there are real things, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to let that define who I am. And once I figured out, I'm like, there's things I'm passionate about. There's things I want to do. There's things I want to see. How am I going to get to that? How am I going to get to that? And so it's one of those things where, like, for me, again, in my art, in my creating, that was one. Of, that was an outlet where I was, I was able to express myself, uh, get topical, get political if I wanted to, sure. get spiritual if I wanted to, but like really have that outlet kind of carry me out of situations that, you know, I didn't need to be in. Or uh, again, um, the people in my life, they were great people like my mom my grandma my uncle mm-hmm. i grew up in a nice house but i didn't feel like you know like i needed to go out and hustle and provide for my family out on the streets i never felt like i had to do that because i had everything i needed there and you know it i but also with that being around people that had vision being around people that thought about the bigger picture of things that weren't just living life to live life that was something that was huge because then you look at it like, okay, in this game called life, you can really you have a choice. You have a choice. And that's the thing. And I think a lot of people felt like for a long time, they didn't have choices. There were times where people in history, it chose sure. they yeah. did not have choices in Absolutely. certain situations. Yeah. Or if they mm-hmm. chose to do something different, they had no more choices after. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, I get that. And I, I do feel like in some ways that is passed on and it, it lives on in a way in a very, 
sad way of like a how, generational curse almost kind of a yeah thing. because yeah. of how things were probably set up by society how things were probably set up country-wise during those really crucial times but even when those started to fade away the certain mindsets were passed on because of what they were experiencing so now we're carrying things and again there's certain things that i like i guess i guess we're still dealing with to an extent there's certain things that like we're carrying that's like 400 years deep. Mm. A lot of these things we can probably shake off now because there's a lot of, we have a lot more choices. We have a lot more freedoms than we ever have, you know? And again, I, again, finding myself in situations and again, growing up in church where they preach a vision, they preach doing things where I'm like, Oh, I can do that. Yeah. And not feel because no one said no. Like it wasn't like who who says you can own your own house? Who says you can't move out of like yeah. your neighborhood? Who says you can't go yeah. do that thing? You know, like and again, I, I'm again, I'm I feel like a, I'm an anomaly in a sense where my mom did go to college. She almost got her master's. You know, like I graduated high school. I went to college, got my associates, and then I dipped out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I. I'm, I put myself in a, in a I, was, I can do things and surround myself around people that dream big, but also worked hard. That's big. And also, yeah. okay, you want this, go out and get it, you know, to where thankfully in my household, I never had to rely on the government for anything, you know, yeah. you suffer student loans, but like, <laughs> but like, I, like I never had food stamps or like, you know, things like that like government aid stuff like given to me like no that my parents worked hard like my mom my grandma my uncle they worked yeah to earn what they have i work so i you know there's no excuse for me to go out and get it there's things that i had to mindsets i had to break off because it affected how i did things like it took me so long to get my license because again like i didn't feel like i had a lot of people teach me certain things i always felt like Father figures always taught how to drive, how to ride a bike, how to do A to Z, this and that. I've never felt like I had that. So I always pushed it off. It was something I was always insecure about. Anything that was considered a stereotypical man thing, I always felt so insecure about because I felt like I was lacking in that because I didn't have someone to show me. Or if there were people that that could show me those things, I always felt insecure to ask them to show me. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I'm weak because I need help in this mm. area because I never had it. Yeah. And so it was, but once I was able to kind of talk to people, and that's still something I constantly work on, but I was able to get around people that are like, had vision, that worked hard, that saw where they wanted to go and showed it's possible if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And like, if you are, if you're willing to do the work and, and to think big and really think big. So that's something to where like, so far in my life, I'm like, again, I graduated high school, graduated college. I have my license. I'm out of that house, like, in, mm -hmm. in, in San Diego. I'm here. Like, I'm married. Eventually, going to have kids. Eventually, yes. I'll get to own a house, you know? Yeah. And yeah. they have income to where I'm like, I'm breaking that yes. off. Mm -hmm. And yes. I know people at, that I grew up with in high school and even some people that I went to church with who, who don't really go to church anymore they live under that or like people try to help them out of that, but it's something that they have to work 
Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that's, so it's like you can have all the help you want in the world. You have all the help you want in life. But if you're not willing to help yourself out of situations, it means nothing. It means nothing. And so I, I've seen that with some people where they're finally starting to get out of it. But it's like, yo, you could have had six years ago. You and, and like, and again, everyone's walk is different, everyone's journey is different. And so th- that is what it is. And that goes to their story and that can inspire other people. But it's just you you can rise above what's around. I think everyone just thinks what they see, really what they see. Whatever's in their neighborhood, their vicinity, that's all there is. Right. And that's not the case. Right. And, and luckily, and I think that's part of the reason when I was a teenager and even when I was hanging out with friends, I was able to see all different parts of San Diego. I wasn't just stuck in National City. If I was stuck in National City, I'd have a National City mindset. You know, I saw Carlsbad. I saw San wow. Marcos. I saw Claremont. I saw um, all these different things, Tirasana. Santee, I saw all these different areas, how they operated, all these different things. And I saw, oh, there's more than what I knew than the four corners of death. <laughs> yeah. There, there's more. And I can get it if I want it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's already been another episode. So I, I don't even know what to say. After all of that, just was so much powerful, so good. Make sure you listen to this episode, share it with people, share it with people that need vision, that have uh, maybe a similar story to Anthony, a single mom, whatever it may be. Uh, Do not let this wisdom go to waste, but head over to iTunes, Spotify, leave us a review. You know where to check us out. Hit us up on Instagram at Menovation. We out. Peace.